0: Welcome to episode 162 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. So another And lib episode this week. It's been a, a pretty um, busy week, a few weeks actually, a few months actually. Um, and I, uh, I basically, you know, my day jobs kept me really busy and you know, there's been a, a number of things that's been going off uh, in my photography as well that have really just uh, taken up a lot of my time. So this week I'm I'm like six, five or six days late in recording. I'm probably going to try and get a, another episode out next week so that we can catch up. But uh, I thought today we'd just take a look at a few images that I shot in a uh, during a visit to the Nikko area a few weeks ago. Um, you're going to hear me clicking around because I've literally just. Um, thrown six of the images into the, uh, the podcast feed uh, that I use and then publish later when I've got the audio ready. Um, and so I'm going to be clicking around as we, as we do this, but let's jump into it and uh, take a look at some of the first autumn colour of 2008 and also some waterfall shots that I, I uh, made in the area as well. On the eleventh of October in two thousand and eight, uh, for the sake of those catching up on the archives later, um, I decided it was like it was actually a three-day weekend. Uh, the the Monday, the following Monday, the thirteenth was going to be a holiday, and so having finished a few jobs on the Saturday, on the eleventh, I decided to jump in the car and go over to the Nikko area, um, and this was basically sort of I think I, I think I jumped in the car at ten p.m um and it's it's a good two and a half or maybe a little bit more hours drive and um you know basically just drive over there the roads were going to be clear because it was uh, you know late at night and but actually you know the, we were actually got climbing up the hill into the the um you know the top area in the Nico area and with cars around us um, so you know we weren't the only people with the same idea and of course the full color uh, that was uh, just coming in at this, at this time, um, had been on the news as well, and so people were obviously uh, heading up there. And, you know, it actually turns out that this was not such a good idea because the, the area was totally packed the following day. But, um, you know, it, it meant that we got a, a good clear run-up there. Um, but basically, uh, I think, slept from around maybe half past 1 uh, a.m. until about uh, half past 4 uh, it's never very good quality sleep in a car, um, you know. Although the seats in my car sort of go, go down to full flat, they're they're all bumpy, and you know it's not a it's not an ideal place to sleep. So um, you know I always feel a bit rough on these days. But um, as the sun sort of you know got close to the horizon to to come up above the horizon, we uh, had a drive around, found a few slot, a few spots that might look might be good. Um, but you know the the fall color is very sort of sporadic in this area, and it uh, it wasn't you know there in a lot of the places that I was thinking of, and everything had been such a sort of a rushed uh, thing with very little planning. So you know I didn't really know what to expect. But I uh, I spent the first sort of maybe hour of the of the daylight um, shooting some shooting the edge of of a lake in the in the mountains. And that was you know it was nice, but it was you know that really the 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 trees was just weren't that weren't that good and um, I did get the six hundred millimeter out because there was some herons uh, some blue herons in the trees, and I'd been photographing those as well, but you know the results were just um they, they were okay, but nothing worth writing home about, so I haven't even bothered to upload those to the website um and then, after that, what I did was jumped in the car and and started to drive back down towards the uh user Taki, which is uh user falls um I've spoken about this before um the words for user actually it's it's dragon head um I don't know if you you may remember this from an earlier podcast um but basically you know, by this time uh it was uh i think it was like seven thirty just after seven maybe when when it started to go down there. The car park at the top of the where the, where you get some rapids that start to flow down towards the uh, the user falls. They that car park was full already, um, and you know so the the other option was to go down to the uh, to the falls themselves and then walk up the side, and that's what we we did. Um, but literally had to just park at the side of the road, and and it was okay when I got there because there was lots of other cars that had done the same thing. When I got back there a few hours later, uh, after shooting the images that we're going to look at, uh, our car was the only one there, so I'm really surprised I didn't have a ticket. But um, you know, luckily there wasn't one. Um, but basically what we did was parked up and then walked up the, there's a footpath um, that's like either a steep path or stairs that works its way up the side of the, the river. And we can see that river in image number 1944. So, as you look at this image, uh, you know, we can see uh, clicking around here again, you'll be able to hear my mouse. Uh, you, we can see the, um, you know, the river sort of winding off down the, the left hand side of the image. And that bank of trees um, to the left is where the, the footpath is. So, it's literally there's maybe I don't know, 20, 30 feet or so of trees, and then there's a footpath. So, it's, it's nicely hidden. Um, but it, it's, you know, basically that's where we walked up. And the you know we walked up. If in the very distance you can see a little bit of river, that's the Chuzenji Lake, and and that is roughly the the level, uh, the height, the altitude from which we walked. It's not a not a huge walk, uh, but it's a, you know it's a nice morning walk, especially after three hours uh, of um, rough sleep. So and we sort of got up here and a little woke us up a little bit, and. Um, basically you know started to shoot this is shooting from the bridge that's right next to the car park that we just passed and had found full uh so you know a little bit of exercise getting up here and you can see that we've got the red um leaves on the right hand side there looking pretty nice it's um it's a, a strange place because it is so it gets cold quickly here it's it's one of the early, the first places to get uh, the the autumn color because of the altitude um but then you know the it it does because it, it, you get the warm days and then the cold nights it's you get these really nice fiery reds uh but also the, you know the trees become bare quickly as well um this was a few weeks ago and I'm I'm sure that these trees are totally bare now and you can also see that the, the other trees to the a little bit higher on the right there are losing their leaves um you know all of the deciduous ones at least uh, but it you know the the sun's high enough at this point. let me just scroll down. I think it was just before eight a m <clears throat> excuse me uh so seven fifty eight just before eight a m and the you know the sun is high enough now to be hitting most of the water, but the trees on the left there have got a bit of shadow uh, but you know, nothing to really worry about too much um we can also see uh i I chose this one out of a few shots. Um, and this one actually has, you'll, it's probably about 10 pixels in total in the size that you'll be looking at, but there's a small sort of greyish white speck, um, kind of in the middle of the river as it goes off into the distance, and that's a person standing on a rock, uh, taking photos further down the river, and I, I actually the next image that we'll look at is from exactly that spot um, and we, you know we'll get to that in a moment, but I chose this just for a little bit of uh, scale and also to uh, you know just to add a a little bit of something. It's probably worth having there on a print. Uh, the website uh, web sized is is probably not uh, going to be that effective. Um, but basically, uh, you know, let's take a look at the settings. We uh, we can see that I was shooting with the 16 to uh, sorry I was shooting with the um, the 24 to 70 millimeter f 2.8 lens and i had closed the uh, f number down to the aperture down to f16 and the reason that i'd done that um was because i wanted to get a, a slow enough shutter speed um which was uh, 15th of a second incidentally um i wanted to get a slow enough shutter speed to make the water uh, you know not be totally frozen give us a little bit of a flowing feeling uh but not sort of you know not really overdoing it for this one um it was a, a nice sort of crisp morning i I just wanted to capture that really um but you know i i don't normally go much lower than this i I try not to go lower than than f sixteen um but with the twenty four to to seventy it's it's still acceptable um uh the longer lenses like the seventy to two hundred i try to on, only ever go down to f eleven uh you know things really do start to soften up after that um but you know the other things that I wanted to mention about this uh you know Composition-wise, we can see that I've uh, I've placed these two boulders over in the the bottom left, and obviously tried to sort of keep the, the line of trees across the uh, across the middle, sort of up in you know going up into the top half of the image, and the the river. Uh, you know you can walk along this bridge to pretty much any any point, and you know so you, so you can choose your angle. Um, you might have to wait. There was a lot of people on this bridge. You know as I say, the car park was full. Um, but you you can basically walk along and choose where you shoot from, and so I sort of chose this spot and the you know the angle that I used at, you know the focal length, uh, so that the the boulders were where they are with the trees going along taking up uh, the 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 right two thirds of the shot, with the the river sort of flowing off into the um, the left third line, and that also obviously gives us the the bit of lake in the distance there. Um, I've actually um, made use of the new Lightroom 2 um, gradual neutral density filter uh, for this. Uh, not I've not done this in, in camera, uh, but basically to bring out the sky a little bit, I've used a neutral density filter to, uh, the, basically I did that along the, you know, a diagonal neutral, de- neutral density along the top of the line of the right hand side trees. And that uh, that just helped me to bring out a little bit of uh, blue, more blue in the sky, and uh, you know make the make the the clouds pop out just a little bit. Uh, but it's, you know at, at 8 a.m. Um, on this day, it was starting to get pretty hazy in the distance there. So this was about as much as I wanted to bring out. Uh, but it you know it's nice to have those tools in Lightroom and be able to just quickly add a neutral density filter to your images. Uh, What I want to do now, and you're going to be hearing me clicking around again, is move on to one more image, and this is from that spot that I just mentioned, and it's image number one nine four six. This image was also shot with the twenty four to seventy f two point eight lens. You can see now that I've I've uh, I've you know zoomed out. um, I think I'm at uh, let's see 25 millimeters. So also. Uh, almost um you know fully uh wide open for this lens and the well while i'm looking at the exif data the the uh, f numbers f11 for this now and that gives me a 50th of a second um ex, um <laughs> exposure time shutter speed uh the i'm at iso 200 uh, and the reason for that is so that i can i can sort of you know i was using the highlight priority uh, but that do, does of course give me uh you know more frozen water uh, there's you know not quite so much running water effect um, but this uh what actually happened here was um you know I, I shot this with the lens that was on the camera um at the time you know opened it up to to 20 almost 20 24 you know very wide and then um, you know we can see that I've got some like brownish orange foliage in the in the Uh, Left foreground there as well. I've included all of that for scale and to sort of you know to give us an idea of sort of you know where I'm where I am. I was just sort of sitting on a rock with the tripod sort of opened up around my legs. Um, But then what I did after this was I uh, I got the sixteen to thirty five out because I was already you know within the range of that, and I put the uh, the sing ray. Variable neutral density filter on, and I was just about to 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 make my exposure, and a guy jumped down on that other rock in the foreground after the the yellowy brown leaves, and so I had to wait and and wait and wait, and so basically you know this guy was there for ages, and he looked around a few times, and I sort of I I gestured that I was waiting, um, and he he didn't really seem to care. But he, he got out of the way and as he did another guy jumped down there. And so I ended up sort of sitting here for I think twenty, thirty minutes, maybe a little bit less. Um but I knew that um, you know, I, I was gonna be getting some rolling eyes from my from my missus when I got back over to the path. Um and so I, I decided that, you know, I wasn't gonna wait and get the you know, the the slow lot, uh, running water image here. I, I just gave up after a after a while and uh, and left. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not my, it's not my spot. I can't sort of demand that people move or anything. Waiting is the only thing to do. Um, it would have been nice if these people had realised that they were sitting in my shot. They could see that I was just waiting. Uh, I think if it was me, I would have jumped out of the way and let the let the person waiting get a few frames off. Uh, but you know, that wasn't to be. Um, but you can see again here, you know, lots of nice colour nice clear water in the foreground here and then the the uh the color of the the trees um you know not spectacular but I, I thought it was it was good enough to upload to the website and uh we see a little bit more of the lake here in the distance and again I've used the neutral density filter in Lightroom 2 uh 2.1 actually now um to to just sort of bring out the uh a little bit more color in the sky um I think that's about all I wanted to say about this one. Uh, I I guess, you know, I should uh, mention, you know, we've got here, as I said earlier, F11. um, With a wide angle lens, F11 is plenty for us to get. Um, I wasn't using hyperfocal distance as such, not if I recall correctly, at least. Um, But, you know, the basically open up to F11 and everything from a few feet in front of the lens until infinity is is going to be in focus uh, on a on this sort of shot, you know, with 25 millimetres. So it was, you know, basically a uh, you know, nice sharp shot from for foreground to background. And it's, it's always strange for me because, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for very shallow depth of field in a lot of my work, but as soon as I switch into like a landscape mode, um, I'm trying to get nice sharp focus and we can see the detail in the leaves in the foreground right through to the texture in the, um, the, on the mountains in the background. And talking of uh, shallow depth of field, uh, we're going to step back uh, chronologically, at least, uh, to image number one nine four five now, and look at uh, a shot that I I made a few moments before uh, this, the last one that we looked at, and this is basically it's um, a birch tree's bark, you know, the white bark, uh, and I, I love these trees. It's uh, definitely one of my favorite trees, and make it into a lot of my shots. Uh, but I, I noticed the the, the bark, the white bark there, and then there was a patch of red on the opposite bank that I was able to sort of get into the shot. so I decided to throw that way out of uh focus by selecting a, a an aperture of uh three point five and this was with the seventy to two hundred millimeter f two point eight lens and that uh, again I'm using uh highlight priority here so that I don't blow the whites. Uh, on the on the tree trunk, uh, so I'm using ISO 200, and that actually with a 3.5 aperture gave me a uh, an exposure of 2 thousandth of a second, so very fast shutter speed here. Um, but that really just gave me, you know, the background became a, a nice sort of blotchy, patchy red, uh, just lots of nice boggie in there, and it's, it's this is the sort of shot that I like. Um, I I actually wanted to quickly mention that I was using the camera profiles, the beta version of the camera profiles for Lightroom um, here, and this is uh, this is something that's relatively new from Adobe, and I I hadn't tried it until very recently. I think it's the beta two version, the most recent one that I've just started using, and this is the landscape profile, and this um, it kind of is it's very much like the landscape picture style that you can use with. Uh, Canon cameras, the picture styles that they have built into the cameras, but of course to be able to use those, you use, you actually have to use the digital photo professional uh, software that comes bundled with Canon cameras, and I hate that piece of software, and so uh, I really don't want to be get uh, you know getting into that. And so what I've been doing for a, a long time now uh, is using a, a a Lightroom preset that I created myself that basically just bumps up the uh, the red. Uh, saturation quite a bit and the green and the blue also um, but not as much as the red and that gave me something very similar to what we're looking at here but there was there was a subtle difference and it was pretty difficult to get uh, but I I was sort of happy with the preset and so I've been using that for a while now uh, but the the landscape um, camera profile that we have for in the, the beta profiles is is a, it's probably closer to the landscape picture style and also uh you know these are all uh, in my opinion at least uh emulating the Fuji chrome velvia film the the positive film or slide film uh, that I used to use in in my film days and so you know that I, I like this look nice rich reds um and the you know basically I think I'm going to be using this for landscape and most work Probably not for portraits. I, uh, there is a portrait uh, profile as well that I tried on some some recent work, but I didn't like that very much. Um, uh, but the, the landscape uh, profile has definitely got a place in my workflow, uh, for now at least. So I've, I've started to use that. I'm, in, I'm actually applying that on import now, um, and this is the result on this image. I've also had to sort of, you know, although I'm using the highlight uh, tone priority, the uh, there is a little bit of blown out uh, white in these the highlights on the bark there, uh, but it's white so I'm not too worried about that and, uh, you know, just uh, uh, help that out a little bit in Lightroom. Um, but I think the, the, I use the recovery slider to to sort of, you know, to bring the histogram back under control. Uh, and lost a tiny bit of detail in some of the very very uh, you know bright areas of that bark but apart from that it's you know I'm quite pleased with this image I like the the way it uh, you know the the bark the bark is sort of the edge of the bark is highlighted or the edge of the tree trunk is highlighted by the reds and then as you come over to the left we've got a, a nice patch of dark to sort of close off the the left side of the image and um, from there we'll move on let me just click back. Um, basically, you know, I've I've called this um, this podcast. I'm going to call it the first autumn colour of 2008. Um, but I I'm only going to talk about the autumn colour for one more image. I think I said three earlier, and I'd I'd forgotten about this one of the white with the white bark. Uh, but after this uh, this walk for, along the edge of the river down to the Yuzu Falls, we jumped in the car, and then uh, you know made our way. Through the traffic jam that was literally there was people everywhere by this time. Um, and we we decided that it was just not going to be worth spending the spending the day in the area. But um strangely enough, and, and this is this I guess it's not strange, it's the power of TV. Um, one of the reasons that we were here is because my wife had mentioned that uh, you now user phones were in good colour, and that had been she'd seen that on the TV. And so, you know, we came up for that. Uh but of course, everyone else in Japan had seen the same t v and so the place was just packed and you know there were people um making their way up here but again, the power of t v it's like they were all just coming to the falls, and so we figured that the the other um you know spots beauty spots in the area might not be so packed and so we uh, we decided to pull into the uh the kegon Falls or kegon notaki uh we pulled into the car park of that. On the way through the uh, the town, and you know, sure enough, there was very few people there. So um, we decided to jump it, jump out, and uh, and see what what was happening there. I've spoken about these falls too in the past. Um, I think one of them was when I was uh, talking about a rainbow that uh, you sometimes see there. But um, you go down, you pay a certain amount. I forget how much it is. It's not cheap. I think it's about ten dollars each or something. And you actually get into an elevator and they take you down through the, the rock in the side of the cliff to a place where you can, you've got three uh, various layers of um, vantage point that you can, you can basically set your tripod up and shoot away. Um, and I wanted to just look at a few images from there. The last one of full colour um, is image number 1947. This is actually uh, the it's looking down from the left of the platforms from which you can you can shoot the the main falls and so you know what I've done here is I've, I've sort of looked over and seen that there's some nice uh, red leaves uh, amongst the, the yellow and green uh, but also there you know you can see like a little patch of the river that uh, that's flowing off from the falls and there was this one, um, patch of, of brightly colored uh, autumn leaves on the other side, you know a tree uh, that I was I thought might make a, a nice shot. You know it's a bit of a contrast here. We've got a bright foreground and then the part of the river going through the middle and then a relatively dark upper half. Um, but then there's this one tree up there uh, that I, I thought sort of made a nice contrast. So you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I like the overall aesthetic of this image. I'm not sure if it's one of my favourites, but it's uh, it's one that I thought worked relatively well. Um, to just look down at the um, the EXIF data, you can see that I've I've shot this with the 24 by 70, uh, 24 to 70 millimetre again. The aperture for this was uh, f11, and uh, the shutter speed was four tenths of a second, and Basically, I was up to ISO 100 here again. I wanted to this, you know, with this one, I wanted to try and get a little bit of the uh, the flowing effect in the in the water that we do we do see in the bottom of the well in the middle to the left of the frame there. Um, but uh, you know, I one other thing that I wanted to mention here is that um, I used the the fill light slider this time in uh, Lightroom to just sort of fill back in a little bit of the the sort of brown. Uh, tree area that we see on the left uh, and the you know the top left and over to the you know a little bit of the the top right of the image um although i i like the contrast there in the original there was really quite a lot of contrast and uh so you know the top the top left uh of like quadrant i would imagine of the image was pretty dark um so i've just sort of brought that back out a little bit to even reduce the contrast And generally felt that that was you know better and gave the the shot uh, better overall balance. Um, That's it though for the uh, for the fall color. What I wanted to do um, is move on to a couple of other images, and let me just sort of go back. Um, I I often when I'm when I'm faced with waterfalls, you know, I didn't actually upload. A full size, uh, a full shot of the the entire falls from this trip. I've shot these falls a number of times, um, and they were pretty uneventful uh, on this day. You know, nothing to to shout about. Um, But what I often do when I go when I go to any falls is get out a long telephoto and try to sort of pick out some areas of the falls that might be you know of some interest. And in Image number 1948, we see the first one of those images. I used the 300mm f2.8 uh, for this shot, and basically what I did was just sort of, you know, start looking through the viewfinder and pointed it at where I think might be interesting and then sort of fine-tune the composition. Um, and what I've done here is I've found an area where the water hits the rock for the first uh, the first. You know, at the first point for after a long drop, and so uh, you know we've got the the rock. I've placed that sort of on the left there. We can see that that's like two thirds up of the frame, up into the frame, and then there's a bit of rock on the other side. And here I'm I'm really just sort of trying to show the the sheer power of this. Or I've actually called this Kegon Falls raw power, um, and you can just sort of see that you know the water is just smashing down into the rock, and we've got uh, you know some sort of spray coming off and the uh, the roughness of the water. And to show that, um, these are the things I wanted to really talk about with these three false shots that we're going to look at. For this one, um, I chose an aperture of f2.8, uh, which gave me um, an exposure of 1 400th of a second, and that's at ISO 100. Uh, and of course, 1 400th of a second is going to pretty much freeze the, the water, and although it's falling quite a long way, you know, we can see that a fair amount of detail and texture in the water uh, as it sort of hits these rocks and splashes up, but then as we um, as we move on to the next image, let me go back and check the number. Um, what well, I tried something that I've not done before. Uh, the image is number one nine five zero. Basically, we have a a long um, drop of water here. It's I, I'm not going to go off and find the statistics, but it's a, a relatively huge fault, but it's very narrow. You know, it's only a small um, maybe a few meters wide, uh, the actual you know expanse of water, um, but it drops for a long, long way. So I figured while I'm I'm there looking through the uh, the 300 millimeter, and I I thought it would be fun to try panning with the water, and you know rather than sort of letting the water um sort of you know flow, uh, you, know, or, you know basically I selected a a shutter speed of 25th of a second at f11 um and that was that was obviously going to be enough for me to to allow you to see the flowing of the water um you know you need like from between twenty five uh, to fifteenth of a second to make these uh you know to make the water look like it's flowing uh, and obviously lower the lower uh, or the slower shutter speed the more silky sort of that effect's gonna get but I figured that you know I would try um panning with the water and then allowing the edges of the falls to move and that's basically what you see here and i thought it was a pretty interesting effect because what we're doing is you know the water is sort of flows and builds as it um as it drops so we can see some like white water this flowing sort of uh, it looks it reminds me a little bit of the those white horses on the Guinness advert that uh, used to be out a few years ago um but basically you know the, the water's there building and falling along but i'm moving with that motion here so the edges of the falls, we've got a little bit of texture, but it's streaking off upwards. Um, so I just, I really quite like this, um, this effect, and I'm definitely going to try to do this again if I get uh, to areas where there, there are falls with a relatively long uh, expanse of, of, of you know, a long drop that you can work with. Um, most of the falls that I've shot don't have this this distance, um, but you know, this, this one does, and so I thought it was good to play with um but you know basically yeah uh, you know that that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about here uh I I've been into I've spoken about panning before um and always in the past I've been talking about um, horizontal panning and this is the first time I uh, I think that I've've um, done vertical panning and it was it was pretty fun I mean basically I was I, I used the tripod and I'd got the the bhE uh, BH hyphen 55, uh, really right stuff, ball head on there. Uh, so there was there was nothing really uh, to control the left and right or the, you know, the, the tilt or anything of the lens other than myself just trying to keep it straight. Um, but it, the, the support was there. And it, the, the BH55 actually has like a tension knob as well. So you can apply a little bit of tension to stop it from just fr- freely rolling and rocking and rolling around. Um, which helped, uh, but it was it was not that difficult to uh, to control. Sometimes it went off. I think I shot about uh, twenty images like this, just uh, following the uh, the water down, and then just kicking off four or five frames as I got to a into a nice smooth motion. Um, the other thing that you know we've mentioned before about panning is. Uh, don't don't just shoot or or don't just um, you know release the shutter for, at the point that you think you want the shot because the action of uh, of of actually tripping the shutter is it it kind of you get this unconscious um I don't know some sort of a a, a shudder and so you know what I generally do more like a golf swing you, you don't you don't sort of just stop after you've released the shutter either you you start the swing you start the motion and then hit the ball or or start to sort of Shoot off a few frames, and then after you've you've taken your finger off the shutter release, uh, you you then continue to to pan, uh, just so that you you know you keep the flow like a golf swing, as I say, and that helps you to get a, a nice um, smooth panning motion, and it resulted in here at least um, you know what I what I think is a, a relatively nice uh, shot, and this this looks it's one another one of those that's just great to peer into in a large print, and the other thing that I did uh, just to i want to just um show you this we're going to move on to image number one nine five one now and basically here what I've done is i've I've stopped again i've I've stopped panning and gone back to the place roughly the place where uh that that I shot the or that was very similar slightly to the right but very similar composition to the uh, first of these three images that we looked at. And here I've kept the f11 aperture with a shutter speed of 125th of a second. So now we can see uh, how the water looks if the if the camera's still, and we allow the the flowing of the water to sort of to register there. So not an incredibly long uh, exposure. I didn't think that was going to work. So you know you can see a bit of movement, but not a hell of a lot in the water. Uh, But you get that silky look that I also do like. So. You know, with this sheer sort of volume of water that's just smashing down onto these rocks here, I thought this also made a nice uh, a nice image uh, for the series. And um, let's see, there was something else. Oh yeah, the one other thing that I wanted to point out here was that I also um, in Lightroom to sort of to really give this uh, a bit of punch. I grabbed the black slider, and I think I went up to like fifteen or maybe even twenty on the black slider there. And that helped to sort of bring out the black in the rocks and a little bit more texture and contrast. Um, it was a little bit flat without that. So, uh, you know, re- really sort of, uh, to to make this pop out at me, uh, I needed a little bit of, um, you know, compression in the blacks there. And that's just something else that I wanted to touch on. Um, but that's really it. Um, I was, like I say, an, an ad lib uh, episode today. I didn't... Uh, I didn't have time to I think one of the main things is is that I uh I've been doing a a few things over this last few weeks. Uh one very important um thing that's been happening last week. I'm not gonna go into details, I don't want to jinx it. Um, but that took up a lot of my time. Plus uh, you know, just uh, playing with a few new lenses. Um I'm gonna get into looking at some images of these soon. Um but I recently picked up the 135mm F2 and also the 90mm TSE lens which I'm having a lot of fun with. Um, I tried to get out with them over this weekend but I what I did was I, uh, I decided uh, that I was going to output all of my images with a new frame from Lightroom and that is something that was only uh, possible because of a new plugin that's uh, been made available and this was basically, um, it was a Originally, we heard about this in, uh, in the MartinBaileyphotography.com forum. Um, one of our major sort of contributors and participants, uh, uh, a gentleman called David Lee, um, also lives here in Japan as well. Uh, he came in um, a few weeks ago, uh, came in, you know, he, he told us a few weeks ago about this, um, this plugin called LR2 Mogrify. And basically, what this is is a guy called Timothy Arms, Uh Timothy Arms has, uh, you know, created a a number of plugins for Lightroom 2. And um, I believe this one actually was available for Lightroom one, but um, from Lightroom two, uh, I I heard about this from David, and it's uh, it's really just it's an excellent plugin. Uh, it basically allows you to set, um, to resize, uh, sharpen, and set a um, a frame, uh, you know, you can, you can just select multiple elements of, of the frame like what I d- generally do is have a, a one pixel grey border around the image and then a white um, frame and then have another grey border and that helps me to sort of, you know, to, to make the, the frame sort of stand out a little bit, a little bit like a matte uh, but also it's so that the when I use the same images to drop them into the uh, the podcast here, you can actually see see the frame um, as if it's paper and rather than just sort of have the white uh, frame blend off into the into the white background that we see on the um the iPod screen or or in iTunes uh but basically um this uh, you know this uh, guy Timothy uh Tim uh Tim Arms he uh he requests uh donations for the plugin and I Having uh, had a play with this, figure that it was just it was like a dream come true, and it was really sort of helping me to do everything. I mean, the the only reason that I was jumping into Photoshop for many of my images was to to run um, a script that, I, or you know, an automation uh, script that I'd created to add a frame and save off a few copies. Well, now I don't need to do that. I can just do this in 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 this LR2 Mogrify. So. I decided to give a donation, but what I really wanted to do was to emulate what I'm what I'm calling the fine art mat um, sort of print that I do, and that is where I I move the print up the uh, up the page slightly, and that gives me space to actually uh, apply a, a a stamp a square stamp that I use, and then sign the images. And I also use that with a with a C in a circle for the copyright, uh, and that's for the for my web versions. Uh, but basically, I wanted to make a little bit of room for that, and so I asked uh, Tim if he could possibly sort of, you know, make it, make it, uh, or add the the com the uh, the features to allow you to offset the, um, you know, the image within the frame. And within like the, the next morning, uh, I received an email asking me if I wanted to test a new version. Did that? There were a few issues, but then th- that same that following day. Uh, Over the next sort of 24 hours, Tim did a a number of releases and fixed all of the issues. And basically, uh, now I can add an offset uh, frame, and and it's just perfect. It's exactly what I wanted. Uh, And I actually went back and made a second donation uh, because I just you know very very grateful to Tim for the the work that he was putting in there. I'm sure it wasn't only me that was asking uh, for this uh, this functionality, but it was great that he he put it in so quickly as well. but what that led me to do was to uh, go through and organise all of my images that I've got. Um, for the first few years that I was posting images on my website, um, my workflow was not as smooth as it is now. And so I'd I'd basically, I, I used to output a few, you know, output the, the images, take them into uh, Photoshop and then save them off and give them a name when I saved them. Um, I always tried to, um, to leave the number of the photo in there, uh, you know, like the four digits of the, uh, the image that, the, the file name that your camera saves the images with. So I had a little bit of an identifier, but they obviously, uh, you know, they're not going to help uh, for images that you scanned in and things like that. Uh, so basically I'd sort of lost the, the logical link to a lot of the original images. And so I spent the whole day yesterday, um, Although I was hoping to get out photographing, um, it was pretty dreary weather as well. Um, but I spent the whole day um, basically just going through and, I'd, and finding all of the old images for hundreds of Im- hundreds of photographs that I'd got uploaded onto my website, but um, didn't really know where the original was. Um, so that literally took an, um, like the whole day. But then when I'd done that, I was able to just go through and run this. Um, Lr 2 mogrify on on some 1,500 images and just reframe everything. Um, it had been really bugging me that I I had no uh, you know some some frames uh, some of the older photos had no frames, some had one with a drop shadow that I was using for a while, and then others uh, had the you know something similar to what I use now but without the 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 gray single pixel two two frames that are like a mat. And so it was a bit of a bit of a mishmash of, of various frames from the evolution of my website um, but I decided that I just wanted to get them all the same and so I went through this exercise and it was a pretty big job um, and you know made me appreciate how being organized uh, you know I mean I have been organized for the last few years but before that not so and so it, it really made me appreciate how easy the life gets when you are organized uh, because now you know if I want to if I want to do the same thing again with uh, you know just batch. Um, frame everything uh, as my tastes change I can go in and do that again very very easily so a big job there Um maybe something to be learned you know if if you if you do something similar to me where you don't keep a, an eye on um, where your originals came from for a while then you, you know it, it becomes a big job years down the road uh, and like I say although I've been pretty organized for a while now this thing's been playing on my mind and I've been think, meaning to get to this for a while so it was a good chance to do that yesterday. Uh, the other thing though is that, and this is one of the reasons why I've done this ad hoc today, is because I'd actually bought um, the Adobe Creative Suite for uh, Design Premium uh, Suite, so I've I've now got a new toy to sort of play with, I've been looking through some of the tutorials this morning. Um, CS4 Photoshop um, Extended's in there, and I I haven't played with it yet, other than to just uh, launch it and take a quick look. The UI has changed a lot. It's very, you know, it's very different, um, and I, I like it. I don't know what a lot of the stuff does yet, um, and I don't know if I'll be uh, if I'll be doing so anything on this in the podcast. But if there's things that start to stand out to me, I'm sure I'll mention those to you in a few weeks. Uh, but it's kind of ironic that you know I've I've bought this now um, at a time when. I've just put myself in a position where I don't even have to launch Photoshop for uh, for every image, uh, but there are you know there's a small percentage of images that I do want to go, do a little bit more work on than Lightroom will allow me to. so I uh, you know I still would not like to be without a version of Photoshop, uh, but also it's the first time I've bought a suite. I used to own Illustrator a few years ago, um, and I'm talking maybe ten years ago um, but i I really sort of I miss not having Illustrator. And not having the ability to create um, P- PDFs uh, you know, with Acrobat Pro was something that had also been um, getting at me a little bit. And so I figured it was time to buy into a suite. Um, and, you know, I couldn't think of any... I didn't really want to buy into the suite with, L- with uh, CS3 because I'd already bought Photoshop. And, you know, there's not really uh, any good deals for upgrading when you've already got part of the suite. Um, but I used the... Um, The upgrade for someone that has a single uh, suite application, which was CS3 for me, obviously. Uh, So I think it was uh, $1,398 or something from uh, B&H. And I think that's the same price that they're uh, they're quoting for most places. Uh, But that was the upsell from a single product. And so I thought it was a good time to jump in and and get my feet wet with a whole suite. And grab some of the tools that uh, I've been hoping to use for a while, and of course there's InDesign in there and Fireworks and a few other things. So, uh, you know, who knows if I can find the time, we might end up with a an, an overall for the website as well. And this will uh, really help me to uh, to put together publications. I uh, <clears throat> excuse me for a while, I've been hoping to sort of do better articles uh, from the Martin Bailey Photography sort of website, and maybe to you know to support the some of the things that we do um, I might even now that I've got this I might even um, think again about whether or not to start to release the, the transcripts for the podcasts um, I probably wouldn't do that for all but for some of the more technical ones I could now create uh, a better transcript document uh, so there's a few things that might come along uh, from you know me now jumping into the sweet world rather than just a single product of Photoshop anyway, um, rambling on Way too much here. I'll get off, and uh, we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll speak again in a few a uh, few days, hopefully. Okay, so that's it for today. Um, sorry for the uh, voice. I've, I think I've uh, I've been overdoing it a little bit. I've uh, I've got a bit of a husky voice today. Yeah, uh, probably coming down with something. There, so sorry about that. Uh, But basically, uh, one thing I wanted to mention, a couple of things I wanted to mention before we wrap up. Uh, One is uh, the LR2 Mogrify plugin that I mentioned can be found at timothyarms, and that's A-R-M-E-S dot com. Um, And I'll put a a link to that and directly to the LR2 Mogrify page in the show notes. Uh, I also wanted to thank all of you that have voted over the last week for... The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast in the uh, the Podcast Awards, and you know, obviously that's the. I think the winners are going to be announced later today. I don't expect to win, <laughs> um, but I do. You know, I always. I'm very, very happy that we even get uh, get to the point where we're where people are voting for us. You know, in the education section, there's only me and uh, Chris Marquart of uh, Tips from the Top Floor Fame um, that are actually. Uh, Photography-related podcasts, I believe, anyway. Um, so you know, it's always a great uh, honor for me to even get that far. Uh, so thanks for those that voted voted uh, in- initially, but then you know, for everyone that's voted every day over this last few weeks, thank you very much for that again. Um, and I, uh, what else? One other thing. Oh yeah, the <laughs> the other thing was um, I I actually forgot to turn on the voting system for the agriculture. Um, album on the mbpgalleries.com website um, I I knew that this was coming up but it kind of got away from me so I was a few days late turning that on but it's uh, it's now, uh, you know the voting is now in progress I'm going to just have another click around here and just check the dates while we're talking um, but you'll have one more week from today and I will be there in a moment uh, uh, where are we? Agriculture assignment. Here we go. So the voting is now on, and you will be able to vote until uh, the end of Sunday, the 16th of November. Um, so it, you have to be a member to vote, um, but if you, you know, obviously that's free. Uh, if you're not already a member, please do sign up at mbpgalleries.com and locate the agriculture assignment halfway down the page. Go in there and you'll see some vote buttons and then you can award a first, second and third um, status to to three images. Uh, You can't vote for for the same image more than once and you can only vote for up to three, but uh, basically use the vote buttons to select your favourite three. Um, I actually didn't even get an image in for this one. It's the first time this has happened, uh, maybe ever, but at least for a while. Um, I was hoping to get some... um, you know stop off what what I, what I was my plan was uh, to to get off the the highway uh, on my way back into Tokyo at some point when I've been out of town uh, you know photographing but um the one time that I did that was on the way back from Nikko where I shot the images that we looked at today but um, the place that I was planning on getting off there was a traffic jam and it would have taken a long time to get off and even longer to get back on the highway so I ended up by giving that a miss, and that was my last chance. Uh, things have just been so hectic, so uh, didn't get a chance to shoot for this myself. Uh, I think the, there was only some 25 or so images that were uploaded. So, uh, you know, I think everyone, uh, many people, found it difficult to shoot for this. But as usual, the, the you know the quality of images that's been uploaded is very high. So I do encourage you to come along and take a look and cast your votes. Uh, But that's about it for today. Um, Pretty long podcast for an ad hoc one. I tend to ramble more, I think. Uh, So sorry about that. But uh, that's it for today. And we'll uh, we'll catch up again, uh, hopefully, during the next week. So you have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.